Okay, we are officially live. And one of the things I like to say when we come on, because it takes a minute for it to roll over to social media, but the moment that you guys see it rolling live, you can go ahead and share on your pages because it takes a minute for people to get the notification. But assalamu alaikum. This is Sabria Mills from the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast, your host. As you guys enter in, please give your salams in the comments. That's the first thing I like to see is um, the exchange of salams and share. Please give your salams and share immediately um, the podcast. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. It's nice to see you. Alaikum salam, Jamila. It's good to see you. Assalamu alaikum. Please share. If everybody can just take a moment to share, it means a lot. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Zeta. Share. Oh, yeah. And if you guys can just, yeah. Okay. Hey, Salaika Brother Shahid, Sister Sophia. It's good to see all of you guys. Thank you for being here for a special edition episode. This episode is extremely, extremely important. Um, it, it's it's been one that I've been thinking about for a really long time. Extremely special. Salaikum, everybody. We are here for restoring trust, a raw conversation between Muslim men and Muslim women. And um, it's especially important for Black Muslim men and Black Muslim women to have this really authentic, honest conversation that we're about to have and engage in right now. Um, again, I'm your host, Sabria Mills. Please continue to share the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guests. Welcome to Restoring Trust, you guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As you guys know, Brother Nasheed and I, we did an interactive live, and um, that was interesting. And uh, we broke down some myths about trust and lying and all of that stuff. Remember that, Brother Nashi? Whoa. <laughs> I still got wounds. They, they still spread. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. But I'm really <laughs> like, we're going to get even deeper tonight. Um, so let me go ahead and introduce. I'm um, blessed to be co-hosting with our brother here, um, Brother Nashi Jackson, as you guys have seen him many times on the podcast. This brother is committed to making, um, to help change the minds of men's common beliefs about women. He has a really, really, really popular YouTube channel, um, and he does a lot of engagement on social media to challenge uh, men to see women more than just sex objects, right? He's also um, a, a phenomenal author of two novels um, that just came out, Her Justice and Her Justice 2. They can be found on Amazon, so please go ahead and support it. It's one of my favorite books. Second one is even better than the first, so mashallah, please support him. But thank you so much. Salam alaikum, Brother Nashi. Welcome. Wa alaikum salam Let's let's make everybody better. Come on. Come on, let's go. We're gonna do this. All right. Our next guest, I'm gonna start um with my sister here. She has been for many of us from Atlanta, we should all know her because she's been a very popular secretary of the Atlanta Mashed of El Islam for 10 plus years. Um, she's the owner of Get It Done Virtual Assistant Company. She's a fashion consultant as well as a show coordinator for the Silk Nectar Fashion Show for like 10 plus years. She's phenomenal. She's also a model. I don't know why we don't have that here. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm not sure why Bilal is calling me on the messenger, but um, <laughs> um, sorry. And um, she's also the host of Rock the Crown Show, which is a talk show with a lot of dope sisters. Sister Naima Abdullah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. 
All right, and this dope brother here, mashallah, he is a phenomenal student of knowledge. He um, has is world traveled. He's uh, just a phenomenal um, brother that has amazing mentors and teachers. He's been married for five years. He has two amazing children. Um, brother Nail, salahuddin, salam alaikum, and thank you for being here. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Good to see you. And then we have another um, famous sister. Everybody's like, oh, so this sister going to get it in or she going to get them, right? So I think the sisters expect you to represent for them. I don't know. That's just what I've been hearing. Um, but this sister is a poet. She's a writer. She is an MC. She's a songstress. Um, she's done just phenomenal work in the Atlanta community um, with just bringing the arts here. And she's just phenomenal at what she does. She's authentic and honest. She's also been married about 10 years. She has five beautiful children. Welcome, Miss Latifa Ali, to the show. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum. <laughs> right. We're going to get it done. We're going to get it done. Alhamdulillah. So, alhamdulillah. so um, our brother, Brother Kaloka, and be here tonight, mashallah, but we're going to go ahead and continue on um, without him. But we're going to go ahead and just jump right into this conversation, you guys. And we want full engagement. We want full engagement. We want you to ask the uncomfortable questions. We want you to drop the uncomfortable, uncomfortable comments. Um, I have another brother that's joining and that's going to, that's taking the place of Brother um, Khalil. I'm going to add him in right now. So one second. Hey, y'all. Uh, Oh, this! Hey. What's good? Hey. I know all these people. people right there. <laughs> What's good, Bilal? What's up, man? How y'all doing, all my Atlanta folks? Mashallah. You still making that deep? You still making that deep dish? Uh, uh, bean pie. Look, man, let's not let's not even get into that. Let's not even get into that. That's um, we gonna be, we gonna push. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna fill you in later on, though. But I got you. I got you. <laughs> okay. All right, mashallah. Wait a minute, I gotta get familiar with some people, Naima. That's not allowed. How are you? Good. Good. I'm that. Okay. He's watching the game. He's watching the game. That's what I was doing. Right. Y'all messing that up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we Latifa, Latifa, you know how we roll. What up? You gotta say nothing. And then I'm, I'm gonna say about Nasheed. He shared that uh, some special sauce with me. I'm still waiting on my special sauce. Remember? I gotta come to California, man. That's what it is. Okay, I need that special sauce. Got you. you okay. huh? Brother Bala, are you ready to get started? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. okay thank you. All right, you guys. So most of you guys in the social media world know Mr. International, Brother Bilal Mustafa. He was so kind to jump on, just totally off the rip, unprepared. I was like, I'm going to send you the questions. Don't even worry about it. He was like, I'm not ready. I'm not. Yeah. So... <laughs> We are so happy to have you here, brother. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Glad show. to be here. Alaikum assalam. All right, brother. So we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it all the way 100. All right, you guys. So let's just go right into it. Mashallah. Thank you all for being here. I want to just start first and foremost. And I'm going to just gonna go ahead, if that's okay, and ask you guys to mute yourself until it's time to talk so that our audience can really have a good, um, hear, you know, hear us all clearly. But, um, I want to just talk, just start from trust. We're talking about restoring trust. Many of us, when I approached this sort of series about restoring love and restoration, it was really for a lot of us that have been hurt so many times. 
that have tried again and again with another person um, and it just or just the fear of it, like handing our hearts over. And not just that, but also just the barriers that have been in place historically as black people here in this country with trusting one another, trusting that we have good intentions for one another, trusting that we want to protect each other's hearts. So I wanted to just start with how you define trust. And I wanna get everybody's perspective. I'm gonna start with the ladies if that's okay. Um, Naeem, I'm gonna bring you in first. How would you define trust and what do you think is involved in trusting the opposite gender, trusting your men? So I define trust as similar to how we define faith. I believe that trust is um, belief in the unseen. And so uh, when we're talking about trust, it begins with, as you know, in every marriage ceremony that we traditionally hear, um, do you promise to love, trust, and honor someone. So I believe that trust begins with love and then through trust becomes honor. And so when you start thinking about loving a man, first that love has to come through yourself. So oftentimes we try to put trust on the other person, but really trust begins with yourself. How can you trust someone else when you don't trust that you are making the best decisions? And then we also have to think about um, through those experiences, did we honor and trust ourselves instead of blaming? I'm with this person because of this is this and that the other happened, but you trusted yourself enough to choose that person. So to me, trust always begins with love and that love begins with, um, of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then through yourself, then it filters into all of your relationships. Hmm. Beautiful, thank you so much, Naima. I'm gonna jump over to the brothers, but I'm gonna jump right to you. How would you define trust, my brother? And what does it take to trust um, to trust a woman? Oh, you're muted, Bilal. Can you unmute yourself? I need to do it. Got it. No, I got it. Go. Okay. I'm here. Um, I don't know. I like what Daima said. Uh, my first trust starts with Allah. You know, uh, the amount with Allah is more important than anything. And I feel like once you trust, you know, you build, so relationships in general, if you build a right relationship with a lot of this messenger, I think everything else flows from there. And so trust is a, a, a major part. I think it's really the foundation. I had just did a post on, I, you know, I'd rather fall in trust than to fall in love. Mm -hmm. because, because love can develop from trust, you know? And so for me, trusting in a lot is paramount. To all my trust in my children, into wives, into business partners, into educators, it first starts with Allah. And once you get it right with Allah, and then you're not you're not as uneasy with trust. You know, you don't you you know even if you trust the person, and then there's levels to it. I mean, depending on the relationship too, there's levels to it. You know, but honestly, for me, um, I don't believe in the concept of earning trust. The Prophet said that, you know, he trusts someone until they earn his distrust. And I'm just like that. Like, I trust people. And again, there's levels to it. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect somebody getting out of jail trusting with my baby. Right. But I trust the person until they show, start showing me signs of mistrust. Then I start questioning some things. So that's my position on trust. OK, thank you, Brother Bilal. Latifa. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm I'm like Bilal in that way where I trust until you give me a reason not to. Um, but for me to add on to what they, because I agree with what everybody said, um, one of the words, the key words for me when it comes to trust is reliability. Like, can I rely on you to do what you're going to say, what you say you're going to do to mean what you say? Like, how can I rely on you? What is your reliability? you know, um, something that I can believe. And I think if it starts with that, with me, it's like, okay, if I ask you to do something or if I ask something of you, can I just rely on you to do it? And then people will show you real quick, (laughs) real quick, quick. if they are someone that you can rely on. So in addition to what they said, reliability is, is for me. That's key. Brother Niall. Bismillah. Um, what, every, what everyone said was beautiful. I, I agree with, uh, with with all of what everyone said as well. Um, I'm the same exact way as far as, you know, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt on, until someone gives me uh, the reason to think otherwise. Um, I also agree with uh, Bilal very much that, you know, trust us with Allah, you know. So welcome, you know, you need, we need to have trust in Allah first and foremost, and um, your trust in everything else develops from your trust in Allah. Um, and the, the highest level um, of trust or, or a highest, the highest level of trust reflected in an individual is when they no longer um, take everything that happens to them personal. Like um, people who accept that Allah is in control and that you know even if they go through a challenge or a difficulty, they have the perspective as to you know, what is Allah trying to teach me in this matter, rather than um, oh dang, you know, what is this? Who is this person? Why did why did I let this happen, etc.? It's it's they they adopt a perspective that you know if something is happening outside of their control that is causing them difficulty, it's that Allah is trying to teach them a lesson. And um, um, you know, of course, I mean that's the highest. You know, I mean, every, everyone is not there. You know, is. And they say, of course, that's reflected in the moment of the challenge. Like when the challenge comes immediately, your first reaction, the you know, the the first reaction is Allah is trying to teach me something. And and um, um, I admit that you know I'm not you know always there. It, it happens maybe like a day or two after. I'm like, okay, Allah is, you know. But I mean, you know, may Allah help us reach that level. But I really think I really think that trust is extremely important in any relationship. So the uh, the faster, the quicker, the deeper that we can get uh, trust uh, in our community, the better it would be for everybody. So, Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for that. Um, so this all sounds pretty beautiful, Brother Nasheed. Um, sounds beautiful, flowery, you know, ideal, you know, um, the way it should be. Alhamdulillah. So I appreciate the definition. So we know where we, with that, where our goal should be. But Brother Nasheed, I wanted to just speak for a second about just our experiences. Um, you know how we, what we talked about when we both have sets of experiences, heartbreak, heartbreak, betrayal, right? Mm-hmm. And it breaks down sort of that trust. And we, you and I talked a little bit about how that shows up. Um, I wanted to just ask the panel, but I wanted to start with you, Brother Nasheed, um, with how do you think that shows up for men when you have been betrayed? How does that show up as far as you being able to trust again? Um, 
it comes up as uh, insecurity, being insecure, um, like? controlling. Like? You you mm-hmm. you want to control the person. You want to control them. You want to know where they at. You they leave their phone around. You're going through their phone to check to see what they're doing because that person could be doing the same thing that the other person did before to you. That hurts you before. Yeah. So you 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 start controlling that. You 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 become controlling. Uh, I, as a man, I think as a man, you come in controlling. Um, I don't, I, for me, my, in my mind, I can't see myself being controlled by a woman. Like, I'm sorry. Oh. I just, I can't, I can't see it. But I think it has the same thing to do with women also. Like they you become- You can't see that because- I'm, my, my masculinity is, is spilling out. Like I'm, I just- <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't, man. I, for real. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if 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 we come to a decision of, I mean, uh, a hit, we come to a point where she feels I have, she has to control me, and I have to control her. Maybe we need to talk about not being together. I mean, that's just simple. You know what I mean? Because it's not it's not a healthy relationship. Because mm. I'm not, I'm not trusting her, or she's not trusting me. Or we can just talk about the problem and see if we can fix it. Okay. Latifah, what do you think? I mean, I agree with him that it comes up as control in the, in the way that he's saying it, right? So trust being broken, um, you definitely put a wall up, right? And now you're looking for those things in other people. In other people. That, they've made, that you may have experienced with someone else. So going through the phone, of course, following, calling your girl, let me borrow your car. I mean, it, it, it pops up in many different ways, right? You know who you can call who will go rock by somebody's house to see if they see something, right? Um, so I think it comes up in the same sense. And I think maybe for women, I wouldn't learn it before, but I would look at it like, um, you are trying to prove what you already think is going. So whatever it is, whatever intuition, because women have intuition, right? 99% of the time we write with our intuition, okay? I'm just going, I'm going to put my own stats out there. We be right about it. So once we feel something is going on, we're, you know, they say you looking for something, you're going to find it. It's going to happen. So if you keep looking, you're going to find whatever it is that you're looking for. And so I think that for women, it comes in like the inspector gadget mode where let me find what I know that he, you know, that he's doing. If that makes sense. I can't hear, I can't hear you. Sorry. It, it makes perfect sense. Sorry. I said, Bilal, I saw you shaking your head. What's the problem, brother? Y'all intuition sometimes be way off, bro. Y'all need to stick to cutting onions and stuff, man. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> be off, man. Because, you know, some something about, you know, when you're going in people's phones and stuff like that, um, actually, yeah, you're going to find what you're looking for because you're going to interpret it that way. Sometimes, you know, it don't even be that. And so, you know, that, that trust thing shows up as paranoia, schizophrenia, you know, uh, medication, you know, if you keep going. So 
got to put a put a halt on that. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I I I don't, I don't be in them kind of situations. You don't. So you know, this is interesting. This is going to segue to another point. But Naima, I wanted to ask you something about this because this is important. Where there is a difference between a woman's intuition and a woman's past traumas, or a man, someone's past traumas showing up. And sometimes if we've been through a lot, we can get that confused. Would you agree with that, Naima? Oh, yeah. So actually, your point that you just made actually was the point I was going to make. Um, I think that something that we all need to kind of examine is that we have to, number one, stop thinking of trust beginning with relationships, mm -hmm. meaning male, female relationships. Trust begins as a child. So just as Bilal said earlier, trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, of course, the utmost. When you're born, you are born to trust. And so we have to kind of begin to examine our childhood, which leads into our teenage years, then follows into our adulthood. And so when we begin to see these traumas and behaviors that are happening, it's not because we've been in these male-female relationships, it's because we've been in life relationships. We have grown to become this way in terms of trusting. You have abandonment issues. So therefore, when you get in a relationship and it begins to feel uncomfortable for you, you automatically sabotage the relationship, not because you've been in a relationship before, but because you have fear of abandonment. Then when you start thinking about intimacy, right? Um, I, well, that hurt me when I was seven years old because my dad left. Or that hurt me when I opened myself up and then my grandmother told everybody the secret that I thought she wasn't going to tell. So to me, it's all the way going back to let's start at the beginning. And so when I think about relationships and I tell people this all the time, relationships are about being an adult. Right. And most times people don't want to be adults. Everybody's like, oh, I don't want to do adulting. Right. But it's really about do you want to be emotionally intelligent? Right. And thinking of when these issues come up, are you going to solve the problem analytically? So when we start talking about problems, problem solving in math has nothing to do with emotions. Mm -hmm. So when you start thinking about trust, it's, it's kind of like backing out of the emotion because we know emotions happen naturally, right? right? So backing out of the emotion and looking at it from an analytical perspective. Where is this coming from? I always hear women say things like, you know, if a man cheated on me, I would leave. Or if a man gets another wife, I would leave. But where is that coming from? Because every situation that we have, that all of these examples in the Quran, in the Bible, um, of all the relationships that exist for men and women, right? All of the relationships are there. And then just looking at the examples and how successful those relationships still ended up being, despite people having had gone through some whatever trust situations that they had to endure. But just thinking about, okay, let me find a resolution through this area of trust that I'm experiencing that or lack of trust that I'm experiencing right now. And really that takes a person being very, very mature. And a lot of people are not there. Yeah, that's so true, Naima. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate how we're relating it back because I wanted to just kind of bring it even back to our history as well as a people. Brother Nail, I wanted to bring you in and then Brother Nashi, please jump in. Uh, um, forgive me. Um, I wanted to just ask, you know, because it's almost like what I heard from Brother Bilal and forgive the pushback. But what I heard is that you don't trust the emotions of the woman. Like you, you express that, you know, 
That's what it sounded like to me. I wanted to just ask Brother Nail. You could jump in, Brother Bilal. Okay, you're on mute. But Brother Brother Nail, I wanted to ask you yes. first and foremost: Do is that an issue with a lot of you as men? Are you not even trusting the emotions, the expressed emotions of women? Um, I think I mean men are different. I, I can speak to my own experience and maybe a, uh, my close peers, but I know that you know many of them. Many of us are raised um, not to express a lot of emotion, um, or not, or we don't we don't attach uh, emotions with masculinity to a certain extent. So if a if a person is, it's almost like we're trained not to be emotional. I don't, matter of fact, not even almost. We are. We're not. We're not really raised to respect a lot of uh, e emotions. Um, and I and I was I was I was like that probably um, you know in my younger years as well until I you know started to study you know the emotional intelligence of the Prophet Muhammad also that's when I understood that there is a place for emotions and emotions should be respected. But you know I, I really think that the problem even goes deeper even if we're talking about his history and you know our people and you know the the, the foundation of where all this comes from. Um, there's there's different layers. One layer is, is specific to our people, and then there's another layer that's just to the world, really, the, the, the global world. And I would say that, you know, in, in the modern world that we live in, um, the, the, um, the divine is separated from the physical in the sense that, you know, we don't, we don't really attach divinity to the mundane things that we do as the prophets did so you know the prophets were connected to the unseen and they taught their companions to be connected to the unseen down to the words that you say how you look at someone everything you know there's a reason why smiling is the sooner um you know so everything you did had an effect not only in this world but the unseen world as well many of us are so detached from that that you know we we grow up hearing things like you know words you know sticks and stones break my bones but words never hurt me and we all know that that's false <laughs> but but look all of us are familiar with that with that phrase right so all of us know that you know this is a part of our upbringing as 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 children as western children as african american we all grow up hearing this phrase so many of us internalize that. We think, you know, I don't have to respond to words. Even if they hurt me, I don't have to acknowledge that. I don't have to, you know, acknowledge that it's an issue, that it hurt my feelings. And some of us internalize that and we keep that locked up inside. And, um, you know, that that doesn't have, that's not going to have a positive effect if we keep that inside. So that's, that's really to the world, really. Like everyone, especially the Western world, we all grow up with that. But then when you, when you, make it specific to our community, people who have gone through enslavement, centuries of enslavement, people who have gone through just, you know, self-hate, all, all these different things that were put against us, it's even that more, you know, there's, there's a, it's an exclamation point, yeah. you know, for our experience dealing with trust, um, especially if we're speaking about relationships and intimacy. Um, you know, during, during the enslavement of our people, there was you know psychological things done to us right. you know the the men was beat beat in front of everybody the woman you know stripped naked in front of everybody you know even down to like breeding 
You know, there's there's it's historically proven they would lock men and women in barns. You we're not gonna let y'all out till y'all do what we need y'all to do. We need more slave children. So and that was a business. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a lot of things that happen to us that people may not be aware of, and I really feel like sometimes they may not understand the backdrop or the foundation of where these things are coming from. So I feel like if we understand the foundation of where these things are coming from, we would make an even stronger effort to love on one another, you know, to, to, to be uh, mindful and to be, you know, show empathy towards one another, et cetera. So that's my, that's my take on why it's important, the importance of understanding history as well um, yeah. in the postmodern era that we live in, and then as well as understanding our own sojourn as African-American people. Beautiful, powerful, Brother Nael. Brother Bilal, I wanted to bring you back in. I didn't mean to just come at you like that, but the brother asked, do we trust women's emotions as men? Come back in, Brother Bilal, because you mentioned uh, we should be cutting onions. So I know it's a joke, but let's let's break it down a little bit. You, you, you can come at me any kind of way. I ain't that like that. So, um, so you know, the Quran says, I teach like a manhood class, and it's anabeshukum uh, mislukum, that I'm a mortal creature just like you. The word Bashir means sensitive, emotional. It means skin. It means the antenna of an a ant or a bee. So the prophet is very emotional, very, very sensitive toward others, right? And so I myself, y'all may think I'm hard, but I'm actually a really sensitive person. I almost cried when I saw these beautiful faces on me. But really, really, um, so emotional, you know, being emotional, being sensitive, you know, that's that's a key component to being a man. I mean, I got a bunch of daughters. So I got to be sensitive and emotional. You know, I got one son and I forgot how many daughters I got, but it's a lot of them. And so, so yeah, so being sensitive, being emotional. And then also in the Quran, it says the untha is not like the deke, meaning the, the, the man is not like the woman. And Allah puts emotions in women for a reason. Example, your kid goes out and cuts himself. There's two different reactions that that's needed. You know, the mom is like, first thing, her reaction is to comfort the child, stop the bleeding, do all the nursing things, do the sensitive stuff, right? You know, wipe the kid down, go wash it. But dad is standing there is like, who did it? Let me get my pistol. Let me go out here and tackle this. That's two different reactions, but you need that emotional reaction to help that child, right? So we have to be sensitive, but men also have to be like land and water. We can't be overly sensitive because then we can't work out and you know, we can't fight no lions and tigers being sensitive. Mm -hmm. So all these things play a role. Another thing I want to say is <clears throat> you shouldn't be in a, in a relationship if you're repairing, your, repairing yourself. Like that's not fair to the other person. If you discover you got a trauma, you came in, or if you knew you had a trauma coming in, what you're going to do is project that on the other person. I hate that. Like, I don't like nobody to put their insecurities on me. Now, I'll help you out and work with you. But you come into a relationship and you're already injured and then you got trust issues, you got emotional issues and all those things. Like, that ain't fair to the other person. You need to say time out, let me go repair myself. Or maybe we, you know, maybe you need to go get therapy. Right. I'll pay for it. I'll get you some therapy and, and fix that problem. But you can't be in a, you can't, you shouldn't be functioning in a relationship. If you've been injured in a relationship before, fix yourself before you jump into another relationship. 
I don't mean to sound hard. Can I add? Can I add something to that? Because I really, I mean, what he said was great, but I really think, excuse me, the 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 issue I think goes back to. Okay, my daughter is not gonna let me be great tonight. I was about to say, she's still over there having the whole. I know, right? This is where being sensitive comes in. You know, I can't her, let her rock. You know, but um, uh. Yeah, continuing on. Um, I um, I think gender roles is where um, a lot of trouble comes in, and um, in relationships, like because you know we live in a we live in a a, a world a, a society that is telling us that gender roles are outdated, that somehow gender roles don't have a place um, in relationships anymore. You know, this like you know the post feminist era. You know, like everyone is like you know gender roles are a thing of the past. That's not. What we need and even as muslims even as muslims who you know who value gender roles it's even creeping into our our or excuse me it has creeped into our communities also and i think that the issue is that people are not understanding what the what the point is as you know as i said you know the unseen and the seen worlds were, were seen as one it wasn't seen as separate as as we engage with it today. So, you know, there's a there's a feminine and masculine principle that transcend gender. And I really feel like because people don't understand that, that's where it goes wrong. There's a there's a feminine, there's a divine feminine principle that exists in the universe. There's a divine masculine principle that exists throughout the universe. And it's not it's bigger than just being a man and being a woman. And I really feel that if we, you know, if we establish that amongst the youth, if we if we if we taught that, if that was something that was normed, then we would have much less issues and much less problems in our communities as it relates to the gender clashing, you know, the clashing of. Yeah, I understand. Thank you very much. Brother Nashi, I wanted to bring you in here um, just to this dialogue. I think there's so many layers to this. I don't know if it was fully answered. And this is just me listening in about the whole aspect of trust in a woman's emotions. I think one sister shared that like her ex-husband used to always say, I know, I mean, I'm perfect. Um, you know, like when she would express her emotions, are you just PMSing? Oh, oh you're just tripping. Are you just so and, and as I was doing research on this topic, they say one of the biggest like women we have are areas of where we distrust the most, where men distrust the most is they distrust women's emotions. They don't always take it serious. They don't think mm. it's valid. PMS, she's on she's on her period. She's her period's coming, you know, all of that. Brother Nashi, mm. let me bring you in. Come on, bro. <laughs> no, I feel as as men, I feel as men, um, a lot of us don't try to understand women at all so i mean because when you try to understand something you 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 uh, you respect that person more like you respect that thing more if you try to understand it and we don't try to understand women so those emotions we don't we don't res we don't respect them because we don't understand them um so yeah so i, I believe uh as as men especially as married men with with wives and daughters, we have to try to understand women better. We have to try to understand women. I mean, it's better. For, it, that's what's going to make our uh, community better. That's what's going to make our families better. 
in, in the long run, trying to understand each other. And, that, and, and at the same time, I mean, that, that's, that goes both ways. We both need to try to understand each other. And I'm not trying to push back at all, but that's definitely ideal. And we definitely need to do that. But like what's actually happening, like a sister said, we are always emotional and jealous, right? To the point that women are shamed for expressing emotions. Latifa, come on in with this. Yeah, you know what? It was, it's, it's, it's interesting because I was thinking about what Bilal said about you should come into a relationship healed, right? Mm-hmm. That's not realistic at all. Um, while I agree with it, right, I think you should have some type of healing, but I think that it's more important for you to acknowledge that this is your issue. Like, people don't even acknowledge it. They don't acknowledge they have trust issues. They don't acknowledge that something happened to them as a child that has groomed them a certain way to be an adult. As Naeem was talking about, you got to start from being a child. I mean, everything starts from how you were raised and what happened to you as a child. So. I think that that isn't realistic, but trust and understanding and communication and all of that, the first thing that needs to happen is that you need to acknowledge that, look, I got daddy issues. I got mommy issues. This happened to me. And in, in, and in that relationship, you talk about that and say, this is going to be a trigger for me, right? I'm working on it. You know, a lot still working on me, but I need you to know that this is a trigger for me. Right. And I think if you start there, even if you aren't healed, you can get to a place in whatever relationship that you're in. It could be you trying to, you know, like get your relationship better with your parents, you know, in a relationship as husband and wife, any of that. If you start with talking about that, this is a problem. I think that's when um, relationships start off strong and build from that whether you're from it or not. That's powerful. Thank you, Latifa, for saying that. Sister Rosalind, she said, it's probably more dangerous for you to come into a relationship thinking that you are healed than no one can tell you anything because you've fixed yourself. And I often talk about this journey of healing and just the reality of it. Think about what you just said, Latifa. If you have daddy issues, mommy issues, that's a lifelong journey. You know what I mean? Those triggers come up. You don't know when, you know what I mean? Those triggers are one issue. Does that mean you stay out of a relationship? I mean, come on, brothers. Is that what you guys expect? I'm just, go ahead, Bilal. But, but, but I have a question before we go on. I want to say yeah. that even this is, so back to being an adult. So I totally understand that. So this is where the levels, I think, start happening. So even when, so, when people say, well, you know what? I have daddy issues. Well, being an adult means that you're acknowledging that. And people don't want to acknowledge that they have weaknesses. And really, this is the sunnah, to acknowledge that you have a weakness because that's how you overcome things. It's like, um, it's okay that you cry. It's okay that you have these human emotions, but being robotic is absolutely not safe for us as a community. And then um, as we're teaching our children, we're also in a social media construct right now, right? Where it makes it very difficult, even for people who have grown up in the 70s, like myself, um, who have been tied to, you know, being able to be emotional, and we've heard all these things and everything. But now that we have children, what are we teaching them emotionally about being tolerant, not just about being tolerant, how to grow your emotions. Um, So, you know, being able to identify when a child is having a fit, um, do you take the time to stop Listen, 
kind of explain back to them what they're fear, feeling so that you can mirror that for them and then help them walk through the process by speaking it. If we as parents aren't doing that for their children, how are we even gonna do that as adults? So when we say, okay, I have daddy issues, some women don't even know what daddy issues are is why they're having the trust issues. So they go back and start having all of this drama and stuff. And it, it's just kind of like so perplexing on so many different levels. And then, um, you know, when people are in relationships, all of this stuff begins to uncover. So you have trust from past relationships that are broken. Trust because you don't trust yourself. Right. So, oh, you're having behavior that looks like something that I used to do. That has absolutely nothing to do with the person. But this is these are issues that everyone has to process through. So in any relationship, whether you're healed, not healed and all of the other things, the most important thing is that everyone knows that marriage is half of your religion. It's not half of your religion because you know, you get two two shakes and a french fries. You know what I'm saying? It's half your religion because it's building your character. There's two types of character that the human being has. One that is developed by Allah and one that is developed by the human being through the experiences that they have. And if you're mature enough to say, you know what? I understand that some of this stuff that I'm going through is being developed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the other is some of the experiences that you put your own self in that you have to develop from. If you're mature enough to say, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility for what I'm, what I put myself in, move myself forward. And as this person is growing, I want to grow with that person. But if you just think that, you know what? I'm not going to fix nobody. I don't want to be in a relationship with nobody who I got to fix. And, you know, I ain't up to up for that. You know, I ain't nobody's mama or, you know, me and saying, I don't have time for a little girl. She better come with you know, all this stuff that we talk. <laughs> None of that, again, goes back to my first st statement when it talks about loving. You have to love in order to trust. And people people really don't know what the word love means. Yeah. And love is something that we have to begin to cultivate. And it comes from the heart. Remembering also that the heart has to begin to get clean in order to trust. You. you can't talk about, I want a man who's experienced. Experienced with what? And then when you talk about, oh, but I have issues when he's talking to all these other women. But he's experienced, like you can't have two constructs working in the same order in order for you to have a healthy relationship. To me, it makes absolutely no sense. But this is what we begin to tell ourselves. We want a construct of, I want a man who's manly and all the bad boy, but then he better be a Muslim. What? That makes <laughs> absolutely no sense, sister, right? And then you can't say, oh, I want a sister that's pious and all this other stuff, but then like you want her to be, a freak and a twerk. What? It's like, come on. We have to remain with one construct that is going to work for all aspects of your life to move forward. You can't have all these. This is not Burger King. Okay. So we can't have it our way. You have to have it one way and move forward that way. Naima, thank you for spitting the fire. Brothers, come, come on. Come I mean, on, I brothers. think, I mean, just to add on to what she's saying, I think that that starts with the intention that you know the intention you know every as, as the prophet says you you're going to have what you intend everyone should have what they intend so a lot of people from the jump you know what is your intention what is your intention to get married why do you want to get married is it is it just to fulfill half your dean is it the cliche just to fulfill half your dean or is it to perfect your character is it to find 
that other part of your soul. You know, the prophet, I mean, in the Quran, it says Allah made everything in pairs and the male and female is are a pair. So, I mean, the, the, you know, my teachers, how they explained it to me was when you're searching for a wife, you're searching for the other part of your soul and you should treat it with that, with that urgency, with that amount of respect. So, I mean, of course that switched my whole paradigm when I was searching for marriage and I'm, I'm grateful that I had you know those teachers to help me see it that way. But most of what well, you was you was looking for a freak and then a pious lady. I'm not going to respond to that. I'm not going to respond to that. watching. Don't do it, brother. Don't traps. Yeah, that's. I didn't. I didn't have the purest intentions. That's what I'll say. But my intentions shifted very quickly. And um, I was blessed and I really feel like it starts with intentions. If we all, if people who are not married or people who are looking for intimacy, for love, et cetera, if you start out with the right intention, then it, there's, there's certain things that won't even be an issue if you start out with the right intention. But brother Nail, I, I agree with you hundred percent, but I think like um, my dear sisters mentioned, and I wanted to just go back to asking about transparency and honesty for a minute. What they mentioned is sometimes there's just a lack of awareness, right? Sometimes there's a lack of awareness of what we bring into. We may have the best intentions, but what shows up, you know, right. in those units, right? Could be pretty ugly stuff, right? And so we're talking about trust. I wanted to talk a little bit about transparency and honesty and, um, you know, First and foremost, are there reasons why we aren't honest in our relationships? Are there do we have perceived con are there perceived consequences of being honest, being transparent? You know, a lot of times us as Muslims, I think there are layers to us being able to easily refer back to what Allah says and the Quran says and the Hadith says, and that's a really, really great cover for some. So how do we deal with the issue? And, and Brother Bala, I want to bring you on your side for a while. How um, is it? Is it? Is there? Do we have an issue with transparency and honesty? Sorry, just. I want to back up because this this mute button feel like I'm on parole. <laughs> um, but when Naima and uh, and uh, Latifa said, in terms of in reference to what I was saying about don't come into a relationship if you got traumas, I agree with them that if you're going to come into the relationship, then at least acknowledge that you have these issues. Then you can work on it which leads into transparency, right? Because if a person reveals these things, you know, if you're open, if you're open book, you say, okay, you know, I have these issues, you know, I, you know, and so you tell that to your partner, your partner knows about that, then you'll be able to deal with the reality of your relationship. But if you hide all these, you know, skeletons in this closet and, and each bone pop out every now and then, you know, your, your, your mate gonna have some issues, right? Your relationship gonna have some issues. So. So I agree with them in terms of if you're going to come into a relationship, at least be transparent, at least acknowledge, at least be an adult and say, OK, I got these issues. You know, I'm working. We can work on these issues. We can get therapy and all of those things. But don't 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 pretend that you're a healthy person, you know, moving in this relationship. But you got you got these issues. Another but thing, can they get therapy? People don't want to get therapy, men and women and more men than women. I don't know about that. I'll go to therapy anytime. You know, I, you know, you can't be that. One in five, one in five. I mean, I, I think I, 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 
um, common, I guess, with men. It definitely has been a taboo conversation where I don't want therapy at all. Nothing wrong with me. I'll figure it out on my own. I'll talk to my boys. And not, you know, it was never a thing to do. Like, that is, you talking about childhood? I didn't know the word therapy. Like, therapy was something that I didn't learn about until I was an adult, especially when it can, I mean, just at least my parents, they weren't going to therapy. So I didn't know anything about it. And so now that we're older and it's kind of like mental awareness, mental health, you know, keeping your energy clean, yoga, get, get your sage out. It's a thing now. It's a thing that people talk about. It's a thing that is becoming more common. However, that doesn't mean that they're going to agree to it. One, a man specifically is going to agree to it so they can go work on whatever issues you see, especially if a woman tells them, like, look, this is your issue. You need to go to therapy for this. I'm like, no, not doing it. Coming from a woman telling a man that it's just not going to happen. Most of the time. Because some people may be able to, but again, that comes to trust. Do you trust that your woman is going to see something in you that you can't see in yourself? Mm, powerful. And Brother Bilal, please forgive me for muting you. It's just that you're when you're unmute, it, it gives Miss Latifa feedback. So forgive me. I, I don't mean to make you feel like you're on parole, but I had to I have to keep the audio right. Um <laughs> okay, subhanAllah, thank you guys. But I wanted to just ask though, like the transparency part, like are we freaking honest? Like, are we transparent when we enter into these relationships and marriages? Like do we keep it a whole buck? Do we tell her? Do we not? Because Brother Nasheed, you, we talked about it. Out of all the different levels of trust, I mean, excuse me, of lies, the different types of lies, you only acknowledge one out of like six as being deception. The rest yeah. you thought was protection of the woman. I'm protecting you. You don't need to know what's going on. I'm I Really, I'm protecting you. Maybe. Well, I, I, okay, so for me, I, I believe that there are certain levels that women you just don't need to know. You don't need to know everything. And so when it, so to me, truth is relative. <laughs> Not only is it relative, it is in line with trust. The more that you know and understand that it's truthful, the more you may or may not trust it. So if you're comfortable where you're at with your level of trust, you may not need to know some other things, right? Because you can't handle it. Most people can't handle honesty and truth. Let's just be honest right now, okay? Most people can't handle that. So when you say, oh, you know, I really want to hear everything you have to say. No, you don't. Because <laughs> as soon as it hits the trigger that makes you feel abandoned or the trigger mm. that makes you feel unsafe or the trigger that makes you feel unwanted, then all of these issues begin to arise. So no, you don't want to hear the truth. Only you only want to hear the truth if it, it is a smooth sailing, if it, you know, kind of uh, is parallel to your untruths that you live in every day. Because mm. right? that's what we do. We live in untruths and we're OK with that. And remembering that people love to be living in their comfortable spaces mm. and comfortable spaces is why people continue to not trust other people. Comfortable places are why people continue to have unhealthy relationships. So to me, it's like, uh, I'm okay. I don't need to know everything. So if you are protecting me, alhamdulillah. 
<laughs> right? Where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line So there is a line that needs to be drawn when it comes to um so again, I think this is all circumstantial. Okay. I'm not saying that this is just like everything, but when you when you come into a relationship with someone, uh, one thing we have to do again is come in with your eyes open. And again, the emotions are going to be there. But there are some things that you have to look at when you come into a relationship that is called analyzing. And some behaviors are, that's why they always say, you know, people who get married quickly, sometimes they already have seen the signs, good and bad. And if you're okay with living with those signs of <laughs> understanding who, you know, when people show, Maya Angelou said it so many times, when people show you who they are, trust them. They have shown you who they are, but do you trust? No, because you don't want to trust that because you want it to be something alternative because you're not comfortable with trusting them where they're at. Then when you get in the relationship, you upset because that person is that way, but they were like that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to you trusting and loving yourself. Yes. You married that person because of you. They didn't put a gun today to your head and say, you better marry me. They gave you flowers with it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was smelling like a little bit of boo-boo. But guess what? <laughs> At the end of the day, you accepted the flowers. You got to accept the boo-boo too. So it's like, let's be honest. If we're going to be honest, let's do that. And Sister Rose said, and somebody else can chime in, but she said, and who makes that decision? She's talking about far as the protection piece, saying that you lie to protect. Who makes that decision that the other needs to be protected and that it actually is protection? Or is it just lying by omission? Any other brothers, can you chime in on this I, question? I, I would say, you know, if there is there. I don't want to, I don't, I, lying by omission, I don't know if that's the best wording but i would but i but i would say that you know what what my teachers taught me was the the degree that you're honest with others is reflective of the degree of your honesty with your own self so the more that you are comfortable with who you are your own sojourn into who you are is is, is the more that you would be honest and you wouldn't you know have any insecurity about what has happened I would say that, you know, it is rooted in fear, like, you know, fear of rejection, fear of, oh, they're going to think I'm crazy or they're going to think whatever. But if that's the issue, then perhaps, you know, there's there's certain things that need to be worked out. And maybe it's not the time. But, you know, there is it always. And I, and I feel like that's the reason why the sooner is in place as far as there's a premarital process. And I really believe that if our community members, if Muslims in general, people in general took the premarital process more seriously there's a lot of things that would a divorce would be a lot less if people if people really respected the premarital process the 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 time before you get married it would be a lot less issues in our community because there's certain things that you should already know there's certain things that should not be a surprise um and i really feel like if you have a good, you know, mediator, a good imam, a good sheikh, someone who's, you know, divested in your, you know, progression, then there's certain things that could be avoided. My premarital process was kind of quick too, but we were very, we were very active in that premarital process. You know, we made sure I made sure I met her father. You know, her father, you know, was not Muslim, but I still went out of my way to meet him. You know, she met my whole family. She met, you know, it was, it was, 
it was a very active process for us. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, look at your Facebook page or look at your Instagram and, you know, that that's not enough of a, you know, that's not a de determining factor. I, I, I get that. I get that. But people, you know, especially in that process, in that process, people tell lies in the process. That's true. They're not up front. They're not up front. I see what you're saying. You know, if we, if we take it more serious, but that's we're not there. We're, we're not, not there. there at all. And that's the issue for me. For me, that's the issue. I really feel like there's there's certain things, there's certain questions that you can ask where you can know. It's like there's 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 a there's like there's a questionnaire. There's like a list of questions. There's a list there's there, you you can know if somebody's friend and somebody, you know, energy is felt. I know, you know, with with, with all them with all them gray gray hairs in your beard, you know when somebody's friend, brother mm. Nasheed. I know you mm. could tell, okay. They they a little you know they're not really telling everything that's happening. I know you know that, but mm -hmm. I know Bilal in Mister and I know he knows for Bilal could tell when somebody's when somebody's friend. You know, I mean and that's I true. Like this, that's this true. That's true. That's true. But like, if I don't marry her right now, somebody else gonna marry, her and I want her in my life. Like, and I know she front. And see that that goes back to your ego. That's your nuts. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wanna. <laughs> but I, but I think that that happens a lot. That happens a lot. Okay, well, that's, that's the issue. But I can deal with that. Come on, come on, let's marry each other. You know what I'm saying? And look, like, that's why. That's why you have to. I mean, let me just share this really quickly. Like, when I when I first had an intention to be married, you know, alhamdulillah, like I said, I had good mentors. I went to my sheikh and I told my sheikh, you know, look, I'm looking for marriage. I think I'm ready. And you know what my sheikh told me? He said, look, I know you, I love you, and I respect you. If you try to get married right now, it's going to end in divorce. Don't do it. And I was a little offended, like, oh, dang, that's how you feel about me, Sheikh? But, you know, now that I'm looking back, he was he was correct. You know, I, I wasn't I, my head wasn't in that space, you know. So and, and, I, and it took some time, you know, for me to work things out with myself, seek, you know, purification of my own desires, my own ego, my own situation. For me to start even seeking marriage, but this is before the premarital process. So I feel like maybe I feel like that is what's necessary. Maybe a lot of people are not willing to do that. That self work, Don't do the work and for themselves. I need to just break in, brothers. But I and that's and that's ideally um, the what we're trying to bring awareness around. Like you said, mm -hmm. it, it's it, you know we really are trying to bring awareness around this. But I did want to just segue, guys, only just in the interest of time. I wanted us to just break down, dispel some common misconceptions and misunderstandings between men and women. You guys talked a lot about gender. You talked about the different experience that men have versus women. Um, I'm going to call on people randomly if that's OK. Um, I wanted to. OK, I'm going to start with Miss Latifa. The first one um, I want to ask you when a man or a woman finds the person they would like to be with, they often hold back aspects of themselves back in the beginning. Uh, most people enter into their relationships hiding some levels of truth about themselves. Do you, first of all, do you agree or disagree with this? And then you can give some context to it. So I agree with it, but the caveat to that is it depends on where they're at in life, right? Because someone who's young, who has never been married, who's trying to get into, you know, like it, they might hold back more. Right. Like, I don't really want them to know what I've been doing. And, you know, over these, you know, I don't want anything that I say to be a deterrent from me getting married. Right. Mm -hmm. But someone who is older, may have been married before, more experienced, it's like, I don't have time for games. This is what it is. 
So I do believe that to some extent there are you are going to hold things back. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is even like, I don't know you for real. Like, I don't know if I can trust you with this information. So right. it's, it's less of just me holding back or lying by omission or something like that. It's more like you you ain't there yet. Like, if I'm going to open myself up to you, that don't mean I'm opening all the doors. That don't mean all the doors going to be unlocked. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to let you in either. But you got to get past this step first before I get I take you to the next step or the next door or the next question. I mean, I don't believe that if someone is asking me like, you know, straight up asking you questions, you can't lie. Right. right. You, that's that's when it becomes a problem. when You just flat out lie. But I think that if. You know, there are certain things like he was saying with premarital stuff. You got this questionnaire. I need you to, you know, whatever is on that questionnaire, you need to answer that question honestly. Because I think at that point, it's like, are you playing games or are you not? Mm. Period. Mm. And I just want to shout out our earrings real quick, sis. Because hey, oh, 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 I didn't even notice that. What's <laughs> going on? What? Watch out for the beard game. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, beard. Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> my beard. My, my beard is not in yet. I'm still young. I'm still, All right, bro. You got one. Still young. Mashallah. All right, I'm gonna pop over to Brother Bilal. If that's okay. Um, your your question for you, Brother Bilal, is men can't tell women the whole truth because there's always consequences. Do you agree or disagree? And give some context. Hmm. That depends on what truth it is. Depends. Um, okay. I, I I feel like men can be truthful, but you know when it comes to uh like previous relationships, let's take that one for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah as a man i don't want to know about your previous relationship unless you got a baby daddy because he's going to be a part of our life i want to build a relationship with him if that's possible you know uh but yeah men shouldn't have an issue with putting it all out on the table if, if the woman wants to know should be open to any question i wanted to contribute to a lot of stuff that was said earlier about the you know the, uh, the premarital stuff because you know, a lot of that stuff be the honeymoon phase. And in the honeymoon phase or the meeting phase, you know, you're blinded. You're blinded by, you know, that beautiful hijab or, you know, that that, that nice beard that's nice tapered and shaved. You know, so you get you get blinded by that. This is why you need a chaperone or a sincere advisor. Because that person is not connected emotionally like you're connected. Mm. And so when that person... You all, you know, uh, your eyes is big and, you know, you all, you know, full of butterflies, you know, but that other person see them ants crawling in that person. And they can point they can point those things out because they're not they're not awed by their beauty. They're not they're not about to marry them. So you need that 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 kind of advisor. And I tell my daughters this and my son, you need an advisor to look look at what you're not seeing. The other thing you have to do is you have to know, get to know, or at least meet, like Nail said, mother and fathers, siblings, and how that relationship, you know, how that person has a relationship with their family. Because if they have a bad relationship with their family, trust me, that's going to be in your, that's going to be an issue. So you got to go to the barbecue, barbecue and meet the uncles and meet the aunts. And you can pick up behavior, you know, you know, the law says in the Quran that, you know, uh, that we have to have taqwa for the wombs that bore us, right? 
and, and it also says in the Quran about your shakility, like, you know, our family writes stuff on us. We mm. come in the world like a sheet of paper, but our family makes an impression on us. So you can be acting like Uncle Joe, auntie who like to cuss, you know, got smoking issues. You know, you got all kind of issues, bad feet, all that kind of stuff. You get that from your family. And so that person, you know, needs to come and meet them family. I want to meet the worst. I want to meet the family members that cuss. I didn't got to be Muslim. I want to meet the ones that's not Muslim because that's what that person is. And that takes away the whole honeymoon, the whole shine off the car, because once you drive it off the lot, it depreciates. Mm-hmm. Like Brother Anthony says, you have to meet Cousin Junebug. Sometimes you got to meet Cousin exactly. And so, so, yeah, so, you know, and so, um, you know, men have to be wide open for any questioning, anything that a woman, you know, a potential mate wants to ask. They got to be wide open for that. Okay. Thank you, Brother Bilal. I'm hopping over to you, um, Naima. <clears throat> Do women threaten to leave and abandon often when they're triggered? in the area of trust. True or not true? Do you agree or disagree? Um, I disagree. I think that men abandon to leave more than women do. Women have a tendency to, um, uh, women are kind of like onions. So when a woman, woman begins to, if she begins to think that, she slowly pulls back layers, right? She does it over time. So before you even get to the center of that oven, onion, a woman has began to, so like a man will be like, well, you know, how come you're not talking anymore? And then the next phase is, you know, she may not be this and she may not be that. She's slowly peeling back, but she has the every opportunity to want to go back. That's why in Islam, divorce is considered raja for the man. He has the period that he wants to go back. But if a woman wants a divorce, it's immediate, right? Women, when women make decisions, they are concise. Women aren't playing games like that. And not that this is a male versus female. This is how Allah created it, right? Women have a tendency to always be more merciful, right? A woman will constantly forgive. A woman is like the rib, as we say. A woman can expand to the situation and she can go back into the situation, right? So men sometimes forget that women are like the rib, right? That they can adjust in this manner but men are not like that and so when a man uh, when a man makes a decision eh, you know <laughs> back and forth it's, it's yeah. back and forth you know uh, yeah, i want to i don't want to you know uh, uh well yeah she 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 got some good qualities but then she but then a man will always be generally what with my experience and i'm not saying all men are like this so you know, I want people to always make sure that when they're listening to these kinds of conversations, this is not a qualifier for the world, right? These are qualifiers for whatever. Um, but when a, a man says, you know, when men get uncomfortable, that's when they want to leave, right? So they're the always the one. I'm gonna leave you where you're at. I, I, I'm, a, you know, if that's what you want to do, I'm gonna leave you. Like, but women don't have a tendency to do that, uh, in my opinion. I think that women may feel hurt more. Um, but they kind of, you know, still want to process through that. And when, but when a woman is done, just like, I mean, we don't want to say his name, but when a woman's fed up, there is nothing yeah. you can do about it. Right. Nothing. She just reached her point. That's it. Powerful. Powerful. All right. Um, I'm going to hop right. Can I add to some of that? Sure. Go ahead, brother. Lo. 
was, I was waiting on that. <laughs> no, because uh, you know, you you look at the statistics of divorce. Eighty percent of it is women. What do you mean? That's factual. Like I'm talking about. Look at the divorce rate in America. What do you mean? It's women though. They're initiating. Women ask, yeah, women ask for divorce. Because men are okay with dealing with their, I'm okay with doing these other things on the side. And until no, I get caught or the woman no, it up, then no. I can't move on. Men will, let me, say this, let me just say this, men hold on. will be in a relationship with two, three women as long as the women accept it. But when hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm just saying. If and, and in some circumstances, if women are okay with that, men will continue that. They, they, yeah. oh, you know what? It's okay because you know she all right with it. And she, but if a woman says I'm not okay with it, and if a woman says, you know, I'm choosing not to be in a relationship where there's anyone else, men get a little thing. And then if a man continues to ride on that roller coaster of being in relationships, even after she said I'm not comfortable with it, and he continues to do it. When she gets better, when she leaves, and he, yeah. So no wonder the woman rate is Not higher. Even. Because the women, men accept more. Men continue to do what they want to do more. I mean, you from Dallas? That don't count. Oh my um, God, I can't with you. Look, look, it has this has nothing to do with polygyny or multiple wives at all. We're not talking no, about that. No, no, no. I wasn't talking about that's, that's what she presented. That's what she's she's presented because that. Usually the mistrust comes from that angle. It doesn't, oh, let, me, let, me no, this, let me say this. Women are not sitting back saying, oh, I want to divorce a husband because he's not emotionally connected. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why they do it. Hold on. Let's let, let me Bilal, go ahead and chime in. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Quickly, go ahead. So mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with what we talked about earlier, feelings and emotions. Right. And it's it's gotten to a sad state, especially in the black community, because there are going to be times where, you know, if you if your relationship is just built on happiness, it's going in because happiness is like a fluctuating thing. Like you're not going to be happy all the time. Most men are in relationships. It's not about being happy all the time. We don't just walk around skipping with some tights on, you know, that it, it, things are we happy. But women wake up sometime and they, they're like, oh, I ain't happy in this relationship. And you get and it's no it's not it's not based on any evidence. And so in the old days, well, no, it's not. In the old days, you had these aunties, right? That if, you know, I, you, you're talking about growing up in the 70s, right? I remember women coming to my grandmother's house and talking about, well, oh, I ain't happy, you know, because of this X, Y, and Z. And my grandmother would listen and say, but you go on your ass back to your husband because it's not built up, it's not, it's not predicated on happiness. I've been through that before. I don't want to tell my personal business, but I've been there before. When somebody just wakes up, you know, the bills are paid. I'm a communicator. All of that stuff. Kids are fine. And women just wake up and say, I'm just not feeling right right now. I'm just not happy. I don't know. Ooh, the teeth tell, like Look at the statistics. The speed, speed, brother. Speed. I'm not on mute now. Nah. Um, um, we're gonna wrap it up, brother. You look, you look at the rest of the Muslim world, 
you don't see those high. And I used to, I used to look at like the Arab world and the Pakistani world. I used to look at those worlds like, you know, um, wow, the men are kind of harsh. You know, it kind of looks like it's kind of harsh, but their society doesn't make it easy for you to get a divorce. This society makes it easy for you to get a divorce. Like you can wake up and feel a certain way and say, I don't want to be in this relationship. You ain't, you ain't concerned about the kids. You ain't concerned about no finances. You ain't concerned about your mate. You just wake up and say, and then you got your girls. When they find out, they throwing a party. And I'm going to stop with this. How many of y'all sisters got friends that will stop you and say, look, girl, you need to, I know, I know Latifah got uh, uh, Jazz Jasmine. I know y'all got some, but most of the women going to cheer you on in your feelings and your emotions. And then when you get they're not going to be there for your PayPal to put money in your account to take care of you and your kids. I'm out. I, I don't have, first of all, I don't have friends like that. No, don't have friends like that. And again, the the divorce rate in America, if you're if you're trying to say that in general, the divorce rate, well, yeah, social media and all these other constructs. But again, if we're looking at it from a Muslim, 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 Muslim hold on, guys, we can only talk at once. Hold from on. a Muslim perspective, oftentimes women are not necessarily leaving all the relationships specifically. So when we start thinking about Islam, then look at those numbers. Let's look at those numbers, not just women in general, because even even again, going back to being an adult, most people don't want to have to admit that they have issues. Most people don't want to admit that they are the reason that their relationship doesn't work. Most people don't want to admit that not only does trust and intimacy and finances and all of these things um, equate to why their relationship isn't successful, but to admit it means they, they feel like they are failing. And no, you can't just leave a relationship because you're not happy. Happiness is not predicated on people. And in Islam, we are concerned about contentment, not happiness. Mm -hmm. nice. so, so let's make sure we're saying the right things now, bro. Don't put stuff on the uh, table that we're not going to eat. I need to bring somebody. I got one more thing. I got one more thing. You know, COVID-19, right, the Rona, it'll affect all of us, right? Whether we Muslim or not, we old, we new Muslims and old Negroes, right? And so, a lot of the stuff that affects America, it affects us. I lived in Atlanta. It's a toxic environment for marriage. It is, right? And those things that are happening in um, in the black community, it may not be at large, but those things in the black community are affecting black people that call themselves Muslims. And if we're not applying the dean, and we're and we're just we're only like what one or two generations, you know, if we're not applying the dean, those things affect us. So I'm saying the same thing about marriage in the general black community. But you're most putting eighty percent on women. Yeah, you're putting eighty percent on women. That's look, 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 I'll send you the statistics. I'll send that, them to that's you. That's Islam or that women's period. Numbers, numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. That's numbers don't lie. Is that saying that they though? wake up unhappy, Aki? That sounds like you a little as as a husband. Like, that there just seems to be some oblivion. No, what I what I mean by that concept is that, you know, you get to a a, a point to where, oh well, I'm just not happy. How do you end a relationship because you're not happy? That's temporary. I tell my kids, you buy a cell. I bought you a cell phone. It's a 2020. Now you're unhappy with it because you want a twenty a two a twenty thousand twenty a twenty twenty one phone. 
I think there's you other know, things involved. That's not I think that women, yeah. I think that women use that as an excuse. I think I, I email all y'all. I'm not unhappy. Uh-uh. They say I'm unhappy, but really what they're saying is you may not have been meeting the needs of me financially. You may not have been meeting the needs of me intimately. You may not have been meeting the needs of me uh, in terms of like uh, my love language. Or and, guess what, Naima, and, guess, and guess what, Naima? But, guess what? You may not be cooking well for me. That's you know, you right. May, and guess what? Those that's I'm what not, I'm wait, I'm not, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. But men don't make that decision based upon because you made some badass soup. We'll stay and, we'll, and women don't either. We'll hang right. with it. All right, yeah. hold on, guys. Hold on. We're gonna let's let's bench you guys for a second. Latifa, you've been sitting there quiet. I want to bring you in. Let's come on in, honey. Let, what's going on here? Let's get some listening to Bilal is is very good for this because it shows, and I see Nasheed and Naya over there quiet, but but I don't agree with that. It shows. The the, per, the the perception of a man thinking that oh she woke up and said I don't want to be with him no more I wanted to, that never that's just, that's just a metaphor that's just a metaphor let her speak I still understand what you're saying it's like it's based off happiness emotions but as Naima said it's not that that has the happiness has has like seven hundred issues inside of it. Okay, that are not being spoken, but or maybe they are. Maybe you weren't listening. Maybe you weren't paying attention. We are definitely the fade away types. Okay, we not we're we're gonna start somewhere. We might tell you like the real real nice, right? We might be like, this is the thing that I like, or we might be like mm, up in your face and tell you whatever it is that we're thinking. But what we're not doing is waking up in the morning saying I'm not happy. You have heard something. That's a metaphor. I, my brother, brother, I got the metaphor. I got it. Okay. I get it. But what I'm saying is, there she is a writer. She should get the metaphor. She's a writer. She's an artist. She should know that. <laughs> we women, women are are we are emotionally invested in our relationships. Right, we're emotionally invested in our relationships with marriage, whatever. But when we're talking about marriage, especially if we have children, we are. You think we're not thinking about our kids? We have stayed longer because of the kids. We have thought about our children. We have. If a woman is leaving you, it is absolutely for a reason. Period. It is for a reason that you have heard before. It's I mean, a reason, I, even if you don't feel like it's a reason. Right. So there is no validity. Okay, okay. It makes it valid because you don't believe it. It makes it valid because she has something inside of her own self that says this is the reason. You, if, okay, you, so if you don't like the reason, agree with the reason, you dismiss the reason and call it she ain't happy. Okay, so I know, I know, I know, I know a few sisters, a couple of sisters who. You know, within the past three or four years, just it was they wanted a divorce. Now I'm I'm on the outside looking in. I see what the dude is doing. A great guy, you know what I mean. Dude's guy, God is great. But the woman wanted a divorce. So when you say, um, because I don't understand it. Okay, I understand that. You're right. Maybe I don't. I don't understand. Or he don't understand it. But she understand it. That makes sense. But it's still 
it's still saying that the woman wanted divorce. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's still saying that she wants to divorce. But, but why, there are though? underlying issues. So, That's what we still have to be able to go back and address the issues. Okay, so... I don't so, know no, no good men. Guys, we can't all talk at once. Okay, I'll talk at once. So, Brother Bilal, go ahead. Make your point. I'm going to bring in Brother Nail. Go ahead, Brother Bilal. I don't know no good man with his children, with his family. I don't know any that's just going to wake up. And I'm. And it's a metaphor, Latifah, <laughs> that I'm I'm just not happy. And I'm just going to leave my family. That is bull crap. But go ahead. But I, I do know some who will wake up and be like, I'm not happy. I'm going to go holler at this other chick. Thank you. Thank you. Because oh. it's halal. <laughs> All right. Y'all, Brother Nail, come on in. Y'all live in Atlanta. I told so, you. Atlanta. Uh, Hold on. Hold on, guys. Brother Nail, come on. Um, <laughs> I love I, I love you, Brother Bilal, but I, I'm I'm really I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with, with, with the sisters on this. Um me speaking from my own <laughs> I'm speaking from my own experience, and I'm also speaking from what I've experienced in my own marriage that um it definitely is a gradual thing it's not something that that happens even even metaphorically that's not what i've what, what i've seen with with our woman i most I, in my experience most of our women are like die hard ride or dies to their own uh detriment almost like they they like you know since latifa said that you know they'll even stay longer than they probably should have that has been my experience that Women, they uh, especially if they have children, they're actually doing above and extra to try to make it work. And it's usually the brothers that are a little dismissive and a little nonchalant almost about what they should be doing or what they should be paying attention to. Now, I would say that, you know, if it gets to a point where you really and truly honestly do not understand where this came from and this is just a I woke up and I'm unhappy then communication is obviously the issue. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say that, you know, if if there's a healthy communication that is happening between husband and wife, then that will never, ever be the issue. If there's an issue that's bubbling under the surface, you will catch that way before it reaches that point and, and, and vice versa. I don't know, I don't know too many uh, of our women who are not vocal if something is really bothering them to that extent. So uh, that's that's just my experience. Um, you know, perhaps I'm young, maybe I don't know, but that's that's what I've I don't know too many black women that'll just wake up and just be like, oh, I'm I'm out. I'm just not satisfied. What people doing is wake up. I should have never said wake up. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Listen, um, thank you guys. We're going to come back together. Thank you. This was a powerful exchange and dialogue. The comments were blowing up. Um, I really appreciate this. We are going to segue into another point that's important. And I wanted to just just address, Brother Michael, I know you asked um, for us to end on a positive note. We have a part one and part two. This is the ugly stuff. Part one. We have these dynamic panelists um, that are um, on here that are pushing and, 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 and exposing the, 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 the issues and the differences of opinions. This is what's happening tonight. Tomorrow, you'll see more of the solutions, okay? All right, guys, I wanted to ask again about um, finances. I think this is an important point. Um, women want men who can provide and who are financially secure. If a man can't provide, she can't trust him to keep her safe and secure. Naeem, I'm going to go up to you. This is also an aspect of trust that sometimes we overlook 
when it comes to providing and finances? Well, this is interesting because, of course, I do fundraising and fundraising has everything to do with trust. So how people um, how they're emotionally tied is how people trust. And so when you start thinking about uh, finances, um, you know, some women find security in finance, but this still goes all the way back to how you were raised. And so there are some people, they were not raised Muslim. So then to come into Islam and say that the man is the maintainer and protector and, oh, yeah, as long as he takes care of me financially, I'm okay. That is not true. <laughs> That's just not the case. So what we have to really examine is what does finance mean for you? And taking it all the way back to understanding it from an Islamic perspective. Yes, the men are the maintainers and protectors of women. Um, also understanding what is um, nefaqa versus what you want him to pay for. See, <laughs> we have to go all the way back to nefaqa is what Allah talks about in the Quran. The basics. You He only has to take care of the basics. He don't have to buy no car insurance for you and buy you a car and all this other stuff. So when we start talking about making sure that a woman's basics are taken care of, that's a whole nother situation. Again, this is studying Islam and understanding it from the perspective of knowing what that means. So faith and finance goes back to what are the basics? Can we do it from there? And even if he can't do that, again, you did you trust yourself to accept this person to do that? Because when you relinquish your responsibility is say, I trust that he can do that. And then when he can't do it, really, that is still up to the person who made the choice. You made the choice. So I told you I was broke. I told you I was broke. Right. Or, or, or um, I've heard women, <laughs> I've heard women say that it, trying to be pious, brother, you don't have to pay all my bills. Well, guess what? He don't have to be all the Muslim you want him to be either. So mm. you cannot, again, have a construct where you want it to be this way and this way and then expect it to be right. So once again, back even, even through the finance, making sure that your construct all sits on the same plane. Thank you, Naima. And I want to just ask, segue to one of the brothers, any of you guys can answer how you feel about that. I know it's a big issue do you feel like that that is a, a barrier with trust as it relates to finances what you can provide can't provide for a woman coming to a relationship um, with you or with men anyone can answer trust um yeah i mean i think it is it, it has uh to do something that is it has to do with trust a lot uh yeah i mean just like when i married my daughter to a dude i want I want to trust, I want to be able to trust that he can take care of her. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, if he doesn't, she can always come back home, of course. But I, when I put, when I give, when I give my daughter to her, him, I want to, I want to know that he can take care of her. So same thing for me. Like, you know, if, if I marry somebody, I'm, I'm sure she wants to know if she can trust me mm -hmm. to take care of her financially. Mm. And a sister said they want her obedience and for her to be on food stamps or Section 8. So mm. I'm not exactly sure. That's extreme. That's extreme. Yeah, no, 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 no. We ain't doing that. We, yeah, no, we ain't doing that. That's I don't know any brothers that are real about that. that. That's not extreme. I know a lot of sisters who have experienced that. That's not extreme. 
Yeah, we're we not doing that. We we That's uh, we're, we're, everybody who takes their dean seriously. We're becoming better men. We're becoming better men for our women, and that's something that we're not going to do in the future, inshallah. Hmm. All right. Well, you guys, we are heading to the end of this podcast. It was dynamic and explosive. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. And I wanted to just say to the audience, because this is super, super important, that the panelists here, first of all, they're all phenomenal, phenomenal human beings. Mashallah, that's why they're on the show. Um, they were asked to, to get um, uncomfortable, to, to, to kind of speak on behalf of what they see, what they experience. So we want to be really respectful in our dialogue, whether you agree or disagree. We need to learn how to respectfully disagree um, um, in our conversations. That's the only way we're actually going to build and establish trust. Right. <laughs> um, we need to be able to be um, hear people out. And if we agree, we need to be able to respectfully um, disagree. So please keep that in mind as we go through this series. May Allah bless each and every one of you guys. Um, Brother Nail, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your perspective and for coming on. I um, radically love your daughter. We appreciate her being on the podcast as well. Thank you, Sister Naima, for your dynamic perspective. We appreciate you. And thank you for pushing Absolutely. the needle a little bit. Um, may Allah Absolutely. Bless you. I mean, I mean. <laughs> um, Sister Latifa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a strong sister for us. Thank you for sharing your perspective and staying strong with it. <laughs> Brother Bilal, thank you so much for being here. Now, I really deeply appreciate you, brother. I appreciate yes, your man. honesty. I appreciate your authenticity. And I just appreciate your humor because at the end of the day, we're all trying to figure it out. And, the, you know, the more we just have to love on each other and just express that love through humor, you really are um, ex an example for that. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Y'all called me at the last minute. And I know you're not going to invite me back. So hi. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I, I did not. I appreciated Naeem and Ortez. Wick, so. I did. I called them that at the beginning. Yeah. How did that? Yeah. I love you, Bilal. Thank you. I love y'all. We love all of you. And Brother Nasheed, thank you so much for being my co-host. I know you'll be back tomorrow. It'll Let's be a lot go. More. Yes, we appreciate all of you guys. May Allah bless the audience. Thank you so I mean, much. I mean, I mean. See you guys back tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Continue to share the podcast. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.